There's many things that stop us from wanting to spend time in our office and it's about identifying those things. What are the barriers that when I open the door to my office that make me just want to close it and run away again and how can I change them? Yes, every farm office queen must have her throne room. Hello, welcome to Ducks on the Pond. Kirsten Diprose here and this is the third and final episode in our collaboration series with Alison Hamilton being the boss of your farm office. Let me give you the discount code to Alison's six-week course, The Functioning Farm Office. It's FFO 20%, so a nice 20% off the regular price for Ducks on the Pond listeners. FFO 20% is the code. Just head to alisonhamilton.au. Now, in our final episode, we're decluttering. It's all about how to create the right office space for productivity and peace some good tips on how to deal with the actual paper clutter, as well as that clutter that fills up our email inboxes. And we look at some of the digital organizational tools that are out there and whether they're actually worthwhile. So let's get to it. All right, Alison, thank you so much for joining us again on Ducks on the Pond for our third and final in this series. Oh, fabulous to be back. So we're going to talk about decluttering your mind and also your physical space. Let's start with the the physical space because sometimes the home office can exist on our kitchen bench or the dining room table as it does often for me, or it can exist in the car (laughs) at school pickup. You know, what's wrong with that, Alison? Well, there's nothing wrong with that, I guess, but it's It's about having a space where you can focus and where you can, I guess, not procrastinate. So I look at a farm office and I think about the things that are going to stop me from getting the job done when I'm in my farm office. At the end of the day, I think we all would much rather be out in the sunshine and in the paddock and doing things outside. So I think the farm office space actually creates the environment where we can be in and out, get our jobs done really effectively and really efficiently and or it doesn't. It's a place where we walk into and we are constantly overwhelmed and we just want to close the door because it's a place that is full of of clutter. If you share the office space, that also brings a different dynamic to to the conversation. If it's just your space though, how do you use it? And it can move, it can be the kitchen bench or it can be wherever, but is it the space where you are at your um, most productive? I'm looking at you now and you've got this beautiful home office space. There's a lovely artwork behind you, some nice white office benches, a plant. It looks functional and welcoming. Look, I was lucky. Last year we did a bit of a renovation. So I got a chance to overhaul my farm or my home office. And that was a really worthwhile project to do. I got to get in and and cull a lot, uh, which I did. I actually got rid of all my vertical files. I I really had a, a cleanup of the paper. I really went through harshly and decided what I still wanted to keep in paper version and what I didn't. And the other thing I really did was I found a home for everything and a really practical home. And I think last episode, we spoke about the do, ditch, decide and and delegate. And I use that with the paper and the clutter in my office as well. And I really don't let things sit on my desk, but I either decide to do them or I ditch them or I delegate them or I decide to do later. And in doing that, everything has a 
a home. It takes some time and some routine to get into that, but I find that I work a whole lot better if I follow that 4D, um, particularly on a Monday morning and a Friday afternoon. Sometimes things get a little off course during the week if things are on the go, but I I really like to start with a, a clear, fresh space on a Monday morning and leave it on a Friday afternoon is one of the theories that I really try to stick to. Um, I also have a town office though, which I share with my husband, and that's a little bit more, <laughs> a little bit trickier to to manage. But we are also getting there in that space. Yeah, it depends if you share it or you've got it alone. I like the idea of a town office as well, because for so many of us, it's not realistic to only be working at home. I'm I've got this wonderful opportunity to be able to redo my my routine and my calendar after coming back from holidays, and I've uh, resigned from a, a off-farm job that I had so I can really delve into this more. But some of those days are going to be town days. And then I think, gosh, I'm going to be sitting in a cafe or in my car. It's not ideal. Yeah. And look, I think it's about working within those parameters though. And if that is the situation, I think it's getting your mindset in the space. Okay. Today I'm going to be working in the car or from a cafe. What are the tasks that can be done in that kind of environment? And really ensuring that they are the things that are scheduled for, for that day. So my system has to be mobile. A couple of things that I do make sure though are in every um, office space are a clear desk, a clear place for everything to be. I certainly have a comfortable office space as well. So two screens is really important to me. I hate working just off a laptop screen, particularly if I'm doing, you know, detailed type work, a comfortable chair, a warm space in winter. I think all of those things play a big role. I've heard people say, you know, it's out, my office is out in a corner in the shed and it's freezing. So I procrastinate on going there or, you know, there's there's many things that stop us from wanting to spend time in our office. And it's about identifying those things. What are the barriers that, you know, when I open the door to my office that make me just want to close it and run away again? And how can I change them? And yeah, that's exactly what I did when I did my farm, my renovation. So I put in nice artwork, got a nice window. So I got lots of sunlight and my space can be really clear and clean because everything has a home. I've got the cupboards behind me where my folders stand. Oh, I think that's so profound about something is, you know, it being cold can be this massive barrier. I can understand that. Where my office should be is in our back room. And we never, when we renovated the house, we actually never completed it because the renovations were a bit more than we expected. And at the time I wasn't doing the books and I wasn't really working from home So we sort of thought, oh, we'll just leave it for now. Consequently, it hasn't been done. And I have a desk that was previously a tiny dining room table that I had when I was 20, you know, bought it for my first house from Fantastic Furniture. And it is not suitable at all. It's more of a bedroom, but we could convert it. (laughs) Yeah. And look, I think it comes back to what we spoke about last episode too, in regards to owning your job. Own your job, be proud of it, and really spend some time and some money just finding a space, whether it be a spare bedroom or, you know, I've had people find a nook in the hallway or convert a shearer's quarters corner or a corner in their shed. You know, it may take some time and money, but if it's going to change the way that you approach your farm office and give you that ownership and that, you know, really wanting to do your job, I think it's it's worth the investment. And it's funny how some of the habits 
might have been created as well about where you do the office work. So the dining room table became where I'd do it because I started doing the books during COVID lockdown and I was teaching my kids as well (laughs) and having to monitor them. They were quite young. So it's like I had to be there. Everything was happening around the dining room table from my off-farm work that I was doing from home, teaching the kids. I just needed to be in the space around my kids. Whereas now I don't have to be, but I'm still doing it at the dining table. Yeah. Yeah. Look, we can get in some bad habits and I think we can also just put up with it. And that's something that, you know, you've got to break the barrier in. So I'd encourage everyone to have a look, you know, is my office space really the way I want it to be? Is it the best it can be? Or am I just putting up with it? And I've had plenty of clients coming, oh, it's okay. It does the job. Well, does it do the job? But is there a better way of approaching this? Is there something better that would make your office more functional? And if so, then maybe it's worth spending the time to to look into. It's equivalent to the workshop, isn't it? For on the farm, you know, (laughs) there are plenty of great workshops in there with fantastic tool setups. This is our workshop. Exactly right. I love that analogy. Perfect. And I think we also have life admin, kids. It's a place where there's a lot of things and a lot of paper and a lot of things can culminate to the office. And I know when things come in our door, everyone tends to just dump it on the office desk. So it's the the place that things land. I have a, a in tray for kids stuff, for notes or for, you know, things that they've got on. One for my husband's stuff that I know he's got to take to the town office. It's again, it, it couples on from last episode in regards to systems and processes. What are my systems and processes for the clutter that comes into my office? And not only the paper clutter, but what are the mind, the, you know, the things, the tasks that might be sitting around, the sticky notes? What is it that's clogging up my office that need to find a home and find a system and a process so that I can be clear and, and free when I do sit down at my desk? Now, I love the four Ds, but I am guilty of having a folder of, (laughs) I'm making a fifth one, which you will not like and will not include it, of don't know, (laughs) don't know what to do with. And and it's terrible. I just have this folder and there's stuff in there now that must be years old. And I'm sure if I went through it again, I could probably throw, ditch a lot of that stuff because I I just don't know what to do with it. Yes. Oh, totally. And look, I found a lot of that last year when I did my office renovation. And I think we can all be guilty of that. So don't be too, don't be too hard on yourself with that. But again, I think it's really, you know, now that you know the do, ditch, delegate, decide, maybe you can be a bit stronger on, okay, do I really need this? If it's been sitting there for two years, I'm guessing I probably don't. But it might be something that I think, you know, you can build into if it's something that potentially you don't know, but someone else in the business may know the answer to, if this can be dealt with or ditched, then bring that into the next team meeting or your next Sunday night meeting. Hey, this has been sitting here for three years. Can we actually scrap it, delete it, or do we need to action it? So I think by keeping those things on the radar, you'll certainly keep that pile down. Oh, I like that. You've just built it into a process. That can be an mm-hmm. item on the agenda of, yeah. of the meeting. That's great. Um, <laughs> you've just solved the potential don't know pile. Oh, my husband's going to love that when I bring that to the meeting. Perfect. Well, he may or may not because, you know, that pile could be rather large, but I think, yeah, it'll work for you. So give it a try. <laughs> yeah. I'll just do it in small steps, just a yeah. few at a time to, to oh, yeah. overwhelm anyone. Definitely. Ease in. <laughs> 
So let's talk about some of the, the the mental clutter and how the physical space can affect that, but but other ways to deal with the the overload that we can feel with all the tasks that yeah. happen around the farm office. Yeah, look, when I do talk about clutter, I really talk about physical clutter and the mind clutter. And I think the mind clutter is all of the the to-dos, the things that are going around in our head that we know we have to do. I don't know if anyone has, you know, pen and paper beside the bed of the things they wake up thinking about and, and have to jot down, but it's that kind of stuff. So building on last episode and so the calendar okay, I I know this is coming up. I'm going to get it out of my head. So it's not sitting there and frustrating me and and playing on my mind. All those sticky notes that are hanging around, I don't do that now. If anything lands on a sticky note, which of course things are going to from time to time when you're busy and got to remember that. But as soon as I see the sticky note, which is, you know, playing on my mind of something I've got to do, enroll the kids in sport or whatever it is, I then pop it in the calendar. So I know I've got time to do it and it's I know I'm not going to forget now because it's in the calendar. So it's about finding a system of getting it out of our heads and into the right place to be dealt with. Do you use any of those organisational apps or systems that are out there? There's like Asana and Monday Mm. and Trello. I'm not across all of them, but I'm aware of them. Do you have much experience with those? Yeah, look, I've got clients that use many of them. Personally, we use Todoist and we're only fairly new at it. I think there are certainly systems and tools out there that can support you to do this more effectively. And if you're, you know, tech savvy, I would definitely encourage it. I've had clients with success with many different tools and and programs to help with that sort of stuff. And look, and I really, I I talk a lot to, to people about finding the right tool and it's about figuring out, first of all, what you want it to do, what problem is this tool going to solve for me and really focusing in on, you know, getting it to do that and and, and that part of the program first. Many of these little apps and programs have many features and I think we can get carried away. But if you really just drill down into to what it is you want it to achieve and solve, first and foremost, the uptake's often, you know, a whole lot better. What about emails? You know, we spoke about how to organize your physical papers. Emails just come in thick and fast. How do you sort those out? Oh, they do. Emails can be a, a really a really big challenge for a lot of people because I guess we want to check them all the time, but we don't necessarily manage them. My strategy with emails now really, again, comes back to the four Ds and I'm pretty strict on doing my emails only in the morning and at lunchtime and at the end of the day. So three times of the day, not all the time. And I really focus on do, ditch and delegate and or decide to do later. I also try to on a Friday afternoon, my inbox, I don't know if I should put the number out there, but I try to leave with no more than about 20 emails in my inbox. Many of them would be flagged or things that I'm working on. But if my email box gets sort of over 20, 25 emails in it, I start to have panic attacks. So that's where, you know, sticking to the four Ds really helps me manage that. Do you use some of those priority tools where you can flag things or you can group things or color code things or put labels on things in emails? Look, I I don't do that, but is it, is it worthwhile? Look, it is. And I think any system is really what works for you. So what works for me might not necessarily work for for others, but I am a bit of a colour code freak, as you've probably learned. I love a colour code and I love a flag. So I'm a visual person. 
So I do use some of those things if it's important or, or urgent to, you know, that's sort of something that I'm potentially waiting on um, others. Uh, you know, we always have things sitting in our inbox that might be lingering for a while because we're waiting on something from someone else or whatever the case might be. So without it falling directly off the radar, I do. I use colour codes and flags and some of those tools. I probably don't use email to its full advantage, but it's about finding the the tools and the tips and the tricks that that work for you. Many of the people I've worked with have different ones to me, but it's worth exploring and, and getting any system or tool that you use to work for you. Do you have a separate email for your farm office, you know, a personal email or other kind of emails you might have? I used to, I used to, but now I have consolidated and I've decided just to go with with one email where everything goes to, which is why the colour coding is is really important for me um, so that I can separate separate that out. But I do know others where they've got kids' email, personal email, farm email. We certainly have an, an accounts email, so, you know, somewhere where all the accounts go, but it's about finding the, the right balance of emails that work for you because I've also had people that have plenty of emails and they're not all checked regularly. So it really depends on how you work and how you're going to manage manage them. Yeah, that, that's good advice. I've got a business email that I use mainly for accounts. And so that's just where invoices go, but I communicate via my other email, but it just means that I can look at everything, see what's come in, what I haven't paid. I can put little stars on things and then I can just see what's come in and what I need to do. Yeah. Yeah. Quite visually without it being confused by lots of other emails. Yeah, totally. And I think that is one, if you're going to separate, I think that is one really good one to separate. Have your accounts or anything to do with finance, because often they will sit there for the month until you do the BAS or until you do something. So I think if you're going to have more than one email, that's a really good way of splitting it. I think this conversation about, you know, the importance of a physical space and those organization systems reminds me of Make Your Bed, that simple success tool about achieving something in the day, one small thing, making your bed and also, you know, having a, a nice space and the, the flow on effects that that has for your life. What are some of the flow on effects that, you know, just a nice physical space has? So I think the first benefit is that when you go there, you're productive, you're in a good mood, you're in a good mindset, you get your job done. At the end of the job, you can give yourself a pat on the back and you can reward yourself by going out to the garden or, you know, the farm or doing something for yourself. So I think that's probably the strongest benefit of having a nice space is that you can be productive in it. The other benefits are that it functions well. You know you're not going to miss anything. If everything has a home and has a system and has a place to be, I think it allows your office, which is, you know, to to really function really, really effectively, giving you, I guess, the time to be able to do all those other things. And, yeah, it just helps you uh, avoid the, the, the procrastination that comes with the alternative of a cluttered office. We spoke about saving time and being efficient in the first episode. You know, having things within arm's reach is also clearly very beneficial. Yeah. You heard of the, the kitchen triangle? If you've ever designed a new kitchen, the kitchen triangle, you know, the fridge and the sink and the stove in a, in a triangle or within sort of arm's reach and, and functional. I, I kind of 
like to use that theory as well in the farm office. Not that we move around a lot, but potentially it's a whiteboard with everything on it or your calendar and we don't use the printer a lot anymore, but is my printer here and my desk here? And yeah, the the kitchen triangle theory, I think, can also help in designing a, a functional office. Yeah. Do you have any farm office plans? Oh, I don't, but I'd love to do one for someone. And I have I have met with people and, and talked them through um, some options. And I know people have, you know, got, you know, some have gone out and got external offices off farm or changed a shearing quarters into an office or a smoko room. So I love helping people with that kind of stuff. But no, I don't have any designs, but that maybe is a new opportunity. <laughs> I think you'd be great at it. And look, there's even lots of things you can add to your farm office to make it more comfortable. For example, I've got a desk now that, you know, I can stand at a, a desk that rises and, and, and comes down. Um, I've got a really comfortable chair. I've got my double screens and I've certainly got my my windows. And technology is the other component of a farm office, ensuring you have got really good, good internet, really good, I guess, accessibility type stuff in your office to make the time there more efficient is is also a big part of it. Oh, internet's a huge one. We didn't have good internet down that end of the house for a long time. We had to get a booster and all sorts of things. Now we're on Starlink and it works much better just everywhere across the house. But it is so important because you won't go and sit there if the internet's bad. No, exactly right. Exactly right. And I think it's worth the time again. That's one of the tasks that generally, oh, I'll just keep putting up with it or I'll put up with it because it's too hard to to change. But the investment in actually making the change is going to, you know, certainly pay dividends pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. You don't need poor internet to add to your frustrations or to panic you as to whether that large bill was paid or not. Yeah, exactly. So, Alison, I I think now's a a great time just to kind of go through a few of the things we've spoken about. I almost feel like I should jot down a list of improvements that I can make to my home office and to my systems and, you know, to declutter the mind. Is is that a good place to start? Like, just think about what if I had endless time and money, what can I do to make my role just shine? Oh, look, I think that is a great place to start is to have a goal But I also think it's about them breaking it down into just one important thing because we know Rome wasn't built in a day and I don't want everyone to feel overwhelmed thinking I want this and I can have this. And Yes, create that big wish list, but then perhaps pick off one priority that you're going to start with. Look at you with your sound, reasonable advice. (laughs) (laughs) I've been there, done it, so you've got to be realistic. (laughs) (laughs) That's my biggest problem, just trying to be realistic. Thank you so much for this whole series, Alison. It's been wonderful to chat to you and to get your advice. Where can people find you for Functioning Farm Office and what sort of services do you provide to help people on their journey? Yeah, look, the first place to find me is on my on my socials. So join me on Facebook and on Instagram. The Functioning Farm Office is a is a group on Facebook. And you can contact me on my website, alisonhamilton.au. I run a six-week um, program as well. If anyone really wants to dive into the nitty-gritty and have some support and accountability on achieving a lot of the things we've spoken about in these three episodes, I'd love you to join my six-week program. And I think we've got a, a discount code for listeners. So um, jump on that. I also run webinars from time to time. So stay tuned and jump on my Friday newsletter, which you can sign up to on my website as well. 
Thank you so much. And when, when does that course run? When does it start? Or does it run all the time? How it runs know? all the time. So I work with you one-on-one. Ah, oh, perfect. Thank you so much for joining us. I have learned a lot myself and I'm sure people sitting at home or, you know, cleaning their house, driving in their car, going for a walk. That's what most of us are doing when we're listening. I have learned something too. Oh, look, I hope so. Thanks so much for having me, Kirsten. Lovely to, to work with you. Thanks, Alison. And that's it for this episode of Ducks on the Pond. The code you need to get the discount to Alison's six-week program is FFO 20%. So that stands for Functioning Farm Office, FFO 20%. Thank you to Alison Hamilton for joining us here at Ducks on the Pond for this collaboration series, Being the Boss of Your Farm Office. This was the third and final episode I recommend going back and listening to the first two if you've just come to it now. Episode one is about being more effective with your time and episode two is getting the systems and processes right in your farm office. So thank you for listening. Jackie and I will be back with season five fairly soon. So keep a lookout for our return. You can follow us on socials too, of course. DM me over Instagram or send me an email if you're interested in collaborating with us or sponsoring an episode or if you have an episode suggestion. We love to know what you want us to talk about or who you want us to talk to. My name is Kirsten Diprose and I'll catch you next time.